and we're live. Guess it. I don't know what it is. Uh. <laughs> I don't know lives. I don't know their jams. Oh, you will. No, you won't. <laughs> I prefer not to. I prefer just uh. to entertain my orb. <laughs> Why are you pumping your fist along with it? Because it's the chorus. <laughs> That's from uh, Gary's Midi Paradise, the website, which is at uh, GaryRog.50Megs.com. Uh, and it's full of midis. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm, there's something about a midi version of a song that I really enjoy. Me too. I used to listen to video on VGMusic.com. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to midis like, pretty consistently. I, uh, <laughs> to my embarrassment, I have embedded MIDI, uh, MIDI songs into PowerPoint presentations that I made when I was in middle school, specifically oh. Chrono Trigger MIDIs, oh. Chrono Trigger MIDs. <laughs> was it just to add a sense of drama to your dumb science thing or was it about yeah, it wasn't science. It was literature? It was just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is music. This will be a nice little, uh, oh. a nice little, uh, background touch to set the, to set the atmosphere. Set the mood for everyone watching this PowerPoint. Yes. What mood should people be in when they watch this PowerPoint? I don't know. Well, Crow Trigger. <laughs> yes. I think the wind song will yes. most evoke the spirit of the lottery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. To Xanarkins? Don't mind if I do. That was a little bit after middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Xanarkind. <laughs> Oh man, I uh, I did a search on the social the social security site, um, or is it like the census something like where they where they chart the two thousand most popular names, and um, no, no very, is number six. Was the office of Zanarkin is right behind Jacob? Oh, it's geez. super weird. Yeah, where all these Zanarkins <laughs> live on Zanarkin Island. <laughs> nice. We annex them as a as a uh, as a uh, like a territory. Like they're yeah. they're they're a new Guam. Zanarkin Town. Zanarkin <laughs> yep, Lands. Oh, man. No, no, but I, I, che- I checked to see because I was like, How, does, does Gwyn register at all on that? And no, Gwyn no. doesn't, nor no, do any of the, uh, the variants on Gwyn. Um, um, Gwyn's uh, uh, um, George Foreman-like uh, tendency to name his kids after himself. So There's lots of, uh, lots of Aryas in the wake of Gaming, Thro- Game of Gaming Thrones. Oh yeah, tons of arias. Yeah, that, that grew like grew loops and bounds. There's huh. maybe tons of arias out there. <laughs> yeah, lots of lo- lots of. Uh, I don't. I, I forget the names. I literally forget the names of Game of Thrones characters. Well, well there's Arya. Okay. After that, we got Sansa. Yep. Um, you, you Can't got, forget you about got, Rob. You have Brandon. Can't forget about Bran. Nope. No, we you got, can't forget about no Brandon. Classic. Um, yeah, you know the classic. You can't forget about um, oh gosh, Tiernan. Yeah, that's a good. Tiernan. That's a good one. Yeah, Tiernan's yeah. great. We got Tiernan. Yeah. Heinen. Yep, Jed. I think is Jed. pretty good as well. Yep. Yeah. Jed Stark. <laughs> um, he's from the south of the north. Yep. Um, <laughs> Jed, Jed, Jed Blart Walcott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Walcott. <laughs> that's that's real good. I, I don't know if that is that a cool original. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, a cool original. Jet Stark Walcott. 
that's very, pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we 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 haven't we haven't addressed it in uh in in audio, but I am I I am currently looking at an yeah. orb. Yeah, you got your contact juggling. <laughs> My, actually, it's uh, somebody standing behind me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very an expert at this. It's a lot of like moving from one hand to the other, yeah. and now I'm getting self-conscious about getting fingerprints on my orb, which is why yeah, you gotta be careful about orbs. Which is why I have this An orb wipe. I do not want to um, defy my scrying. That's the uh, yeah. that's the motto of this particular wipe: to defy the scry. Defy the scry. Yeah. Brand orb wipes. Mm-hmm. Scry baby scry. I got an orb as well, but it's a light, and yeah. it's smaller than. I wanted it to be, so I think I'm going to send it back. Mm. Get a better orb. <laughs> I bought that in a real orb fever. Like it, it was a real temporary orb madness. <laughs> we were like, we were basically daring each other to buy orbs. Orb drunk. <laughs> like, like let's get drunk and buy orbs. Um, the yeah, uh, like, so 800, 800 millimeters. I'm not sure. Give me the twelve hundred. Yeah. Because I'm the, not sure uh, if it's going to weigh 10 pounds like this one does. I figure there's things I can do on a bender. Buying an orb <laughs> is pretty, pretty high on the list of like good things to do. <laughs> right. You end up with an orb at the end, and you don't end up like you know covered in blood in a bathroom and or a father <laughs> and right. or all the other things that could happen. Audited by the IRS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the desert digging your own grave. You know, like, there's lots of ways that those nights can end, and an orb is pretty mild and positive. Yep. Oh man! Oh, the base rotates. There's so much about this orb that I didn't know. Huh. Well, you, you've got a lifetime to determine the secrets of that orb. <laughs> Wake up drunk in an alley with an orb. This is fine. Yeah, no, that'd there. be great. Yeah. <laughs> Look at pro tip. Look up orb on Etsy. Okay, that'll be good. I will. I will save that for later when yeah. we put that in the task mask. <laughs> Let's not all do all of our internet browsing online. <laughs> no, not while we're on. At the very least, I again orb enthusiasm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's another orb back there too. My uh, Chris bought me an orb puzzle. Um, oh. That is, uh, it's like a, it's like a snow globe, but there's a, there's a golf ball that is for some reason painted like a basketball, um, okay. and you have to try and get the golf ball balanced on the tee. So it seems like it's missing the point of orbs a little bit. <laughs> yep. Oh, but it's an orb. <laughs> okay, so let's say this: it's an orb within an orb. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there. I mean, if we start extending orb craft to like just people playing basketball, <laughs> this isn't just me being anti. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. Really? I, I mean, if they're using an orb, I just feel like orbs are not spheres. Okay. Like or no, spheres are orbs, but not the orbs are spheres, but not all spheres are orbs. I get yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I, orbs are not special if we just allow everything to be an orb. All right. If you if you want to polish it, then yes. So the exterior orb is an orb. However, inside of it is a sphere. Yeah, it's uh, it's been corrupted. <laughs> it's been compromised. It's been yeah. impregnated with the basket with the, with the basketball golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shaq is a Shaq is a sphere master, right. and he might be an orb master in his spare time. Yes. I think, it, but, you know, I don't want to poo-poo people who take time to contemplate the spheres or look for some kind of truth in spheres. But uh, I'm, I'm, com- I'm coming around to your, uh, to, to, to your sense of this. Guys, guys, there are at least two more weeks of orb chat on object suffering. So this, yeah. is, like, this is just the... You'll get sick of it. We, like, we got sick of it in real time. 
<laughs> yep. it extended over the ages. Yep. So, oh man, what you up to, man? Uh, nothing. I uh, got up, did some work, uh, some room work from home, and played a little Mario Galaxy. Mm. Um, I did that yesterday. Yeah. That was a delightful game. It's fun. Bee Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Just cruising around as a bee, being cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, just killed the big bee boss. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, big bee goes down. Big bee, bee goes down. The yeah. um, is there any cuter moment in Mario history than when you're climbing all over the queen and she's like, because she's itchy because she has star pieces on her, <laughs> like crawling all over as a bee? Like, I don't know. It, it's like there. It's like a fetish, but not sexual. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm into it. Fetish. It's like it's real. Like, man, I would like to do that a lot, but I don't. Doesn't make me hard. <laughs> right. No. No. It's a. It's a proclivity instead of a fetish. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we can we can semantics our way around that. It would just feel really good and be very cuddly, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, it would probably be very itchy and very irritating, actually. As if, like but tons of pollen. Yeah, there would be tons of pollen. I don't, you know, I've never felt a bee, but I don't imagine that those are like very downy thistles. I think that we're actually talking about very coarse, like brush hair. Yeah, like those stupid scrappy dogs. Ugh. They have that, yeah. Gross. That's not, I mean, some of them are fine. Those scrappyard dogs. Scrappyard dogs, unbearable. Yeah, I like no, I played. A, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't quite get to be uh, B Galaxy. However, I, I had a I had a moment of horror when I when I thought to myself, "Is the B suit in this game?" Because I remember I've played both Galaxy One and Two, and uh, I, I it was in one but not the other. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the B suit. B suit's actually in number two as well. Yeah, B suit comes back. Cool. So cool. Uh, B suit is in both. Nice. Uh, well, that's good. My momentary panic is over. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. I think uh, B two adds the cloud suit to the B suit, mm-hmm. which is a little like gilding the lily. Uh, they both have that kind of obnoxious spring suit. Yeah, which I haven't gotten to yet. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. something I forgot is how wrist heavy that game is. I wish that there was just a button to spin. Oh, instead of waggling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't like waggling either. I don't. No. Uh, I don't think it's very good. Even though, like. As far as Wiimote shit goes, I think that the uh, aiming the, the star, like having an omniscient turret mm-hmm. over your Mario game is kind of weird and cool. Like I like stunning things with the star bits. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I agree. It is uh, not particularly fun to waggle. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Are, are you playing anything that's not for assignment? I uh, just wrapped up Shadow of Mordor. Okay. On Twitter. Uh, that was my only non-assignment thing I was playing. And I finally started in on Witcher 3, which is for Comrade ostensibly but is like bigger than that and will will take a little while so just yep. finally got you know got more than an hour into it yeah um which That's is very like intimidating flashback stuff yeah yeah Tra- training siri and things like that yeah yeah, yeah. um i think gotten past that a little bit too but just kind of it's a it's a big open world that like you know so i'm just kind of i'm resisting the urge to just find a direction and walk in it and just i'm gonna follow the main quest until it says it tells me <laughs> it's an open world Right. Um, that'll be the moment I will get into yeah. it. But did it, you? It feels, it feels open right? world like a, like in the, like in the sense that fables open world. Like it's it, it's it mostly seems like a bunch of paths. Yeah. Anything. So at least it's like a, kind of like <coughs> yeah. Did yeah. you ever uh, did you ever play Shadow of Mordor, Cole? No, no, I want to. Like it, it has DNA of stuff that I really like. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's like and and this is like it's I don't always like you know big dumb triple a games but like it's real manageable it's like 18 hours for the uh for the main game mm-hmm. um it's the batman control set which is already real good yep 
Uh, and it's like really like the Nemesis thing is really pretty cool. You know, hmm. feels real good in your hands. Archery in it is really fun. Nice. Um, yeah, it's Played good. Played on PC? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I didn't do any of the DLCs. They got really bad reviews. So yeah. I decided, you know, fuck it. Uh, but it's it's very fun. Yeah. I'm real tempted by it. That's one that kind of like passed me by because I waited to get it until it was on sale. And just like that is that that is almost like scientifically engineered to be the kind of game that I just temporarily ignore until I permanently ignore it. Yeah. It was that way for me for for a long time. I bought it on sale a long time ago. Yeah, kind of so like seven dollars and fifty cents though. So like there was absolutely no pressure to like yeah. make, make good on that on that sum cost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though Steam returns as a thing, like I don't do that very often. But I've I've been looking at a couple of games I bought that like I really despise, mm-hmm. and uh, it's frustrating that there's that two week limit because I don't when I buy a bunch of stuff on a sale, mm-hmm. some of those games I'm not going to get to try for two years or something like that. Yeah, you know, I get why like, the limits there, but it's still a bummer. It's a it's a, it's a good thing. So like a, a a defunct developer doesn't automatically like oh Steam two yeah. years later or Boy, something that would, like that. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it sucks, but it's still like kind of frustrating that like oh like I would I would probably get my money back for this piece of shit. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know. Roll that into a game that I'm sure I will want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been playing. Uh, I'm going to talk about this on the level, but uh, RimWorld is super good. Well, um. The comparison you made on Slack was like Dwarf Fortress, but more manageable. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it is. It is Dwarf Fortressy in the way the prison architect is, except it is not um, geared toward like housing people, like you're stacking cordwood, and more about like survival and kind of like setting up nice spaces uh, hmm. for your folks. It's a. Uh, it's really good. It's like huh. early access, but like. You know, I've never been able to um, do anything with Dwarf Fortress, but like this kind of scratches all the same, like set up a system and manage manage it kind of buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, 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 in a weird way, it feels like playing like a super hardcore version of The Sims <laughs> because you're dealing with like individual characters and their needs and their and their uh, kind of like stats and stuff like that. Like I captured a dude. Um, who was raiding, and then you have the ability to like revolver ocelot your prisoners into your colony. Um, but I didn't realize that uh, one of his little character quirks was that he was a pyromaniac. So I wake up oh, one night to find okay. out that he just he's on a he's on a frenzy. Like when his mood is really good, he decides he decides to go out and start lighting small fires. And so oh. nobody's sleeping that night because they're all going around and firefighting after fires him. for that guy. And then ultimately <laughs> he can he can get executed. Yeah, for, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've thought a lot long and hard about like whether I wanted to put the effort to try to get into Dwarf Fortress because it is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, but it is too much for me. Uh, it's yeah. too complicated. Brayden was watching a Let's Play of it and he, I sat down with him for dinner and watched somebody do it, uh, play it for a while, like some deep high-level play. Yeah. And it is just, it's beyond me. Yeah. Um, which it has that feeling of a perpetual game, you know? Yeah. And that, that's... That's what RimWorld is yeah. like. It's a it's a game that I need to like very carefully watch how much I put into it um, yeah. because you know there is a victory condition like you can get off the planet, um, mm. but you know that's that's a long way away and it doesn't seem to be kind of primarily the point. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, cool. So yeah, I, I didn't heard of that until recently, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, do you want to uh, answer some questions? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so if anybody is listening to this and they're wondering where the priority question thread is, uh, go to Patreon and comment on the post on Patreon. If you just uh, leave it as a comment on the video or if you do it in the Q&A thing, obviously, please do that if you're there. But the priority questions queue 
is uh, is on the Patreon post. That's the only way to like protect it and make sure that you know it's people who uh, have Please the privilege. Don't get to it. It. <laughs> I was trying not to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam writes. What are some of your favorite party members and RPGs that you've done for WAF based on their personality? I'm listening to the Fantasy Star 4 episode that just dropped in the early release, and Raja gave me the idea for this question. Raja's pretty good. Oh, um, <laughs> wait. Hold it up here. What's that? Skeledog is the, uh, the kisser uh, this time. Fantastic. There we go. Okay, went into focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Favorite companions in <laughs> RPGs that we've done for WAF specifically, so that narrows the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say like Sid, like he's problematic as a as a person, um, but I've always had a little bit of affection for him because he reminds me of some people in my life, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I like his uh, his his backstory as the uh, as the failed astronaut. Mm-hmm. He's funny. Um, I will put in uh, everybody from Torment. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, which is which is predictable, but that's probably. You know. <laughs> and then if if I have to pick a favorite in Torment, uh, for their personality, it would probably be Mort. Yeah, Mort's real great. Yeah. I like Mort. I like the con's story more, but like his personality is kind of dry and boring, which is the point. Yeah. But like, the way that articulates is real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like uh, Falls from Grace's story. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. Also from Grace is really great. And then mm-hmm. other than that, like if, if it wasn't everybody from Torment, I could put in just about everybody from New Vegas. Oh, yeah. Um, also as a person. And then if looking at JRPGs, like um, I like Sid. I like... Uh, oh, Edgar. I like Edgar a lot. Oh, Bombat. What? Bombat a lot. Oh, Bombat. there we go. Yeah. Bombat's a real cutie. Yeah. True. Those are all, all pluses. <laughs> yeah, Edgar's great. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Oh, Goombario is pretty good too. I like Goombario is very funny. Real yeah, plucky. Mario quite a bit. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Fletcher writes, uh, what's the strangest recommendation mention or detail that ever pushed you over the edge into trying something? Uh, I didn't give a fuck about stranger things, but an article about the show's score took it instantly from nah to this is for me all in caps. Oh, like the so something that you had no interest in. Somebody yeah. said something way out of left field, and then immediately that was like, okay, I'm all about this now. Like I can think of examples, but the things that people said were not that out of left field. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody would just would just sell it in a way that worked for me. Yeah. Um, like the things like the I ended up watching. Um, like I ended up watching The Wire when somebody like emphatically told me that it's not really a cop show. Mm-hmm. You know, even though that's marketed and has all the trappings of like a show about the police. Yeah. You know, and someone finally explained that to me. That's a, a big example of that. Yeah. Um, and then I've talked about um, on the last try this where I talked about playing the Game of Thrones or watching Game of Thrones because I played the board games. Yeah. And uh, the board game. And it was just like, oh, this, you know, I like the idea of these houses with these, this weird flavor and history to each one. Mm-hmm. And that got me into that. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think like I I'm usually so resistant to like recommendations and I've kind of trained a lot of people around me to not even bother, (laughs) which is sad, uh, but true. Um, And so I I can't really think of anything like I've gotten into franchises like in weird ways. Like I had absolutely, absolutely no interest in walking dead until I played the game. And I just played the game because I was looking for a really good, like, 
as weird as it sounds, like heavy rain, like adventure game, like cinematic mm-hmm. choice based adventure game. And like that, that was enough to convince me like, oh, there's, there's something of merit here. And, you know, I'm at least like trade current on like the Walking Dead comics, Mm -hmm. Um, a season or so behind on the TV show, but that's, that's never really been a huge draw for me. Even when I was into the series. Yeah. Yeah. So that was not like not recommendation, but you know, just imagine if I got into Game of Thrones based on the Telltale game or something like that. Oh, that would, that would be really strange. I don't, (laughs) uh, did you ever play that Telltale game? No, no, no. Like, I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe don't ever definitely don't until you watch more of the show, but like, I have no idea who it's made for because okay. it's, uh, it's full of references that you'll only get if you like the show, like somebody shows up and it has some kind of reverence, but all of the characters are invincible because all of the characters from the show, because we know they don't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this weird sense of like setting up antagonist where, you know, you can't win oh, uh, because you, we know that you don't defeat this person. Like there's no yeah. way that it ever happened. So like, it's very weird. Like I don't envy the people who wrote it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how you would do a good job of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it, like, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I own a copy of it. Like it may have come in some kind of like telltale bundle, but mm. yeah, it, it just, yeah. you know, just those things. Um, what, a, what a bummer. Like I, I haven't, the last couple like telltale games I haven't really liked. Uh, and for a while that was like, I was like, Oh, ever like, this is my jam. I will play a new one of these whenever they come out. Like mm-hmm. I'm really into the style. And then it just, it really kind of dropped off like to where I, now I feel like I'm at this point where I've disliked, or at least like felt lukewarm on more of them than liked. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like cross the Tim Burton threshold where it's like, <laughs> Oh, Tim Burton's made more bad movies than good. You right. know, I can't say I like Tim Burton anymore. Cause he, I, oh, I really only like three Tim Burton movies. Yeah. You know, three or four and it's like that now it's like it's hard for me to say i like telltale games because i really just like a couple of them yeah you know walking dead season one wolf among us <laughs> yeah those, I mean, those are the best ones and you know there's things to like about you know walking dead, dead season two and tales from the borderlands days. you know there's things to like about them but i don't, you, I don't love them did you play tales from the borderlands i played the first episode of it oh wow uh, which is fun like it's fun there's things to like about it it's cute um it didn't touch my heart at all like which is what yeah. You know, they do what those games do when they're best. But like Batman is real lukewarm. Game of Thrones was really lukewarm. Um, even though, you know, uh, Walking Dead season two was pretty lukewarm. Yeah. You know, or at least I thought. Have you played uh, Michonne? The Michonne? The... No, no. That... Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just, curious just, about it. I stopped but... following them. Like, like Batman looked good. But then when, it, when people I trust started saying it wasn't that great, like, it immediately went to like wait and see after like two, yeah. two or three episodes because like, I don't know, it's one episode out of five. Maybe it just has a rough start or something like that. Maybe they're going to learn from it. But like that was the last best hope that they had of like their current crop of things. Oh, I kind of thought so Good. too. Yeah. 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 So I'll so. still play the rest of it, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's still like has a clip, you know, I'm still kind of curious as to what happens, but it just has a lot of problems. No, so it's setting up like a macro story. It's not like a um, each episode is its own little comic book kind of thing. Yeah, it's not very much of a story. The first episode, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just uh, it's it's hard. I'm I'm really curious. I've heard nothing um, positive or negative about Minecraft story mode. I watched a uh, Super Bunny Hop, who is a YouTube critic guy. I like uh, did an, an episode about it, and he says it's real ridiculous, uh, but it's very much just for kids. Okay. So there are parts of it that are kind of goofy, but then there are lots of like bits of unearned sentimentality and, and the like. 
Uh, but that's, that's the only thing I've I've read about it or seen about it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Um, let's hear. Frederick writes. From what I've gathered, uh, you're not that you're not that into creating games with letters or numbers. If DuckFeed.TV were to uh, create a review show, how would it differ from that standard formula? The standard formula, I guess. Let's just declare that to be, um, you know, a thousand words, uh, give or take, with uh, with breakdowns of scores at the end. Yeah. And we we kind of do that with off, right? I mean, it's more fluid, right? Like we have our final thoughts. Like we give a summary based on everything that we that, that we've said. Like that is a review show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's it's like half let's play, half it's like a, you know third let's play, third um, like analysis, but mm-hmm. then ultimately, you know, it's a, like it. I mean, this isn't the purpose of it. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if we're there to make a critical judgment, but like that happens in it. Yeah. Um, we talk about whether something is good or bad, or mm-hmm. and why. You know, at the end, which is what a review, like what a review is. Um, yeah. It's uh, it, it's funny because when I think about doing a review, I think about having like a really, a really definitive like thesis or something laid out um, ahead of time, or at least saying things with more, with more certainty than I do on that show. Obviously I, I, I say what I think, but it's, you know, the purpose of the show for me is to like arrive, you know, just kind of like solidify the stuff that is kind of like shaken loose and kicked up over the course of playing the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that like, it, it's something that I think we, we hit on the way to whatever it is we're actually hitting, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of, it just kind of comes up. Like you could take most episodes of watch out for fireballs and probably cut down a review out of them. Mm-hmm. They're just longer and, and more exhaustive. It's like a live review, like, <laughs> it's not live, but like we're actually going through the, the thought process. Someone would come to, a more succinct conclusion yeah. for it by like hitting every individual bit that adds up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if we were going to like actually do something that was explicitly a review uh, thing, I don't really like uh, letter grades and stuff, but I don't shy away from, I'm also resistant to this idea that like things can't be bad, you know, like everything just has to be different or, or like, you know, just, it's just about, figuring out what you can take from it. Like, no, like things are bad. There are things that are bad. Uh, and it would be, I mean, I guess it would maybe be a little bit like how the AV club does reviews. Yeah. Which is kind of what, like what we do except like shorter. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fond of like, in terms of like straight up review shows, like polygons quality control is pretty good where they like mm-hmm. actually sit down to people who reviewed it. Um, it's usually, uh, you know, weirdly much more composed. Um, than that just because it is like framed up as an interview between uh, Justin McElroy and the person who actually did the review. Um, And what I like about that and what I generally like out of, you know, um, criticism of like stuff that is like in the, you know, currently active on the scene, like games that have just recently come out, like there's a difference between like criticism and like, Hey, what's, what, what's good or bad about this thing. And, and and like something that is like functionally useful for somebody who is trying to decide how they want to prioritize their time. Mm-hmm. And so like what I really like about or what I try to do at least with Hexcrank is decide, hey, what is what is the basically what is, what is the coolest thing about this? And like what does this what does this add and bring to it? And then like what is just the absolute pits about it? You know, like just kind of like highlights and lowlights because that feels that feels functional. Start from there and then dig deeper is, is my thing. But like, I, 
man, if I had to assign, I couldn't tell you why something is a, is a seven over in, instead of an eight. Like, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, that, like, that stuff's super arbitrary. Yeah. And um, like reviews are, are arbitrary anyway, which is not, yeah. you know, uh, news to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. But there is like, I'm pretty resistant to the idea of like, because even that, when you're hitting good points and bad points, are still so couched in like not only um, the reason why it's good for you not to review is because it's couched in like what you think is good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so the same you know thing that happens whenever we cover something for WAF that we don't like that somebody likes mm-hmm. is that like the thing we don't like about it is something that they do like about it. Right. Uh, so even down to the individual elements are subjective, and then they're still trusting your judgment. So yep. like, the idea of a review as a buyer's guide is really silly and dumb. Yep. Uh, and should go away. Like it, it is, is just this idea of like, this is someone just saying their experience, glean everything you can from that, from that experience. Mm-hmm. If you find voices that you end up trusting, like that's good and you can trust them. But otherwise there's not really like a way. I'm not saying there's not a way to know whether something is good before you try it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause that's, I think that's a little, that's too far, but it's closer to that than like, than, than not maybe. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, there's lots of things that uh, you know. There, every every single time that like something gets kind of panned, like or we pan something, somebody on Twitter will be like, even if it's something that's widely accepted as bad, people will be like, no, I love that about it. Uh huh. You know? So if they had listened, like you know, reviews are not particularly useful mm-hmm. to them in that situation. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I mean, the more you nail it down to an objective thing, which is what numbers and letter grades are, the sillier and more absurd it gets. Yeah. Because even and, just even just text and paragraphs is already subjective and marginally useful, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and so it just it just it sucks. Like, and I'm ha- and that's part of why I'm happy we don't generally do the WAF treatment for stuff that's really new. Like the closest we get is like, you know, bonfire side chat, but that is you know laid out over the course of an entire year. Yeah, you know, like, it, have, like it's no longer new. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, so like it just it just gets there and like it's so much easier, I think, to take that, you know, again, it's easier to hide behind the experiential thing and make a, you know, not a snap judgment, but make a kind of like flipping judgment about whether or not this is this remains to be worthwhile based on based on our experience with it. And I just don't really have any interest in doing a review, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, I'm very interested in what it what makes something good or bad. Yep. You know, like I like playing a thing with an eye towards like this worked, this didn't, this adds up to something, this doesn't. So yep. I'm like interested in like criticism of it, but like the idea of making a buyer's guide is silly. Yeah. One of the things I like, um, you find um there's a YouTube guy that I watch whose name is escaping me, but he does like indie games where he just like just plays them and kind of talks about the systems for like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh there's no review or anything. He's just like, this is what this is. Yeah, um, and then you can just kind of figure it out, and he'll like he throws in his opinion a bunch, but it's not about like a letter grade. It's just like this is what this thing is. I think those yeah. are very useful um, when the game has come out, like not a preview, you know. <laughs> and review sites will do that as well. Like Zam will do that and stuff. Like here's 30 minutes of the new thing. Yeah, you know. Um, I think that's very useful. Just watching somebody play it. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know if it's just the fact that I've worked this same job for you know years and years, um, but um, that is really appealing to me, and that might actually get closer to the heart of what I, what I value and what I at least try to do is, which is like explanation is super valuable to me, mm-hmm. and like taking something and making it relatable, you know, putting into words like that, like that, like I think that is a useful exercise at the very least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone is saying that your camera is messed up. Is it? 
I know I, it looks fine for me. I don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Uh, neither do I. I can't see it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm oh, good I, now. I bet you I, it was your feed the last rewind. Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see when it goes to YouTube. We'll see what the canonical version of it is. Yeah. Well, well uh, it'll be uh, the score. Yeah. Fun. yeah. Um, oh, I've been reading these in reverse order because the internet is chaos and you can never tell if it's uh, uh, chronological or reverse chronological. Hmm. Um, so let me jump up here to the top. Um, and just kind of get to that uh, new game here. So Bob writes, um, thoughts on No Man's Sky now that it's finally out? <laughs> have, uh, have you played No Man's Sky, Gary? I have not. Okay. Uh, it's, I've been talking a lot about it on Twitter because I think it's caused a bunch of really interesting discussions mm-hmm. um, about the value of like procedural generation and fandoms and things <laughs> like that because it's got a really, really gross fandom. Uh, that yep. have done a lot of really shitty things. It's, um, it's super weird that like space games bring that out, isn't it? Because the same thing happened around Stellaris mm-hmm. when that happened as well. Like maybe I'm just noticing, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just noticing a pattern where there isn't one, but like something about space exploration or like really sci-fi stuff tends to, tends to feel like it, it, it has that about it. Yeah, yeah, and then well, then there's um Star Citizen or whatever that other the one that will never come out that yeah. it also has like the crazy fandom that's very defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this got really, really, uh, you know, really, really out of control really fast, and then to have it uh, come out and be uh, as divisive as it is, mm-hmm. um, like there was there was no way for them to win, uh, yeah. the people who made the game, and that sucks for those guys. Like they got death threats based on delays. They didn't put in everything that they said they were going to put in, but they were getting death threats for delays. Um, <laughs> you know, and the fact that like, give me a better world to explore. God damn it, take me away from this hell. And it's it's thing. such a like, um, it's such a, it's made for for like like a person. You know, um, like I can imagine the kind of person that No Man's Sky is like perfect for. Where like. Mm-hmm. And I see people on Twitter, like um, Sean Wagner, the lore hunter guy, is like real into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, a bunch of people on his Slack are and stuff. I know Jeremy is real into it. Yeah. Um, and like they're into like a, I feel like they're into like a horizon simulator. Like the idea, like, oh, I get to walk over a horizon and see what's there. Yeah. And like that is valuable to them over and over and over. You know, like they, I'm never going to get sick of just like going over the next horizon and seeing what's there. Yeah. Um, it sounds like hell to me, that game. <laughs> Uh, you spend a lot of time crafting and gathering materials. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, the aliens look like garbage to me. There's lots of chimera and I hate the way they look and it takes a long time to do anything. Yeah. Um, and every review I've said that really likes it, uh, says it takes 20 hours to get good. Uh, hmm. 20 hours is too long. That's like saying, you know, watch, uh, you know, watch the wire, but it's really bad until season three, but you have to watch the first two seasons. Right. Uh, that's not, you know, dislike it uh yeah. so that's i mean that's kind of where i'm at on it if it gets down to cheap enough i'll probably try it because you know uh 18 quintillion monkeys on 18 quintillion t- typewriters can probably <laughs> make something neat um okay. but just i don't know i like the randomness and procedural generation element of it is unappealing to me like i preferred authored content in 99 times out of 100 i think yeah yeah so i have it i've played it i've probably played about like seven hours or so um, and the things that you're kind of like latching onto, like, oh, you don't, you don't care for it. Like, I kind of like it. You know, I went in with basically no expectation and mm-hmm. it's worth noting that I talk about this in more, in more length and more detail 
in this week's uh, the level. Um, mm-hmm. So just if if anybody's listening and they want more of it, go there. Um, but like that Horizon thing, I'm going to extend that and say like I really enjoy the sense of like loneliness and solitude over the exploration. So like mm-hmm. landing in a new place and then just kind of like figuring out, you know, what's here, what. <laughs> you know what can i get from this before i move on to the next one it's not that over every horizon there may be something cool it's that there are you know effectively as many horizons as i would want you know to uh to to, to look at and see mm-hmm. um the process like you know again walking into this not expecting it to be like a survival sim i think i'm a little bit more um kind of tolerant of crafting than you are like i really enjoy like okay i'm gonna land on this planet i'm gonna walk around and kind of the 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 cost of coming here is okay i need to find enough resources to like refuel my ship and maybe grab some stuff so i can go in and sell it so it i'm almost playing it like a like a combination of like minecraft and like free space or freelancer or something like that where like it's a little bit of an economy simulator as well Hmm. um and so like i have a you know at no point do i say like yes this is this is, you know, blowing, blowing my pants off or blowing my socks off or whatever clothing you, 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 you want to say there. And no point has it been like, you know, just something amazing. It has been a cool little toy that I haven't gotten bored with yet. I don't think that, you know, I, I'm with you on procedural versus authored stuff. What I wish was, I wish it would be, you know, procedural, except they would have like authored bits that they held back like, okay, here are novel combinations that we know are going to be good. And because there's nothing to indicate that they're not just generating the planets when you discover them, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of like roll those out as you find it. So like every fifth planet has this fucking really cool thing, this really authored piece of content. And it may be what they do, but that would make Mm -hmm. it so much better. I think like combine that, you know, combine those two approaches. And I think that would get close to my personal uh, Goldilocks zone. But like, like I dig it. Yeah. Uh, the um I mean part of it, like when I hear people like people who I read about, like I said, like again, I haven't played it, so it is like I'm a you know a little bit, you know, out of the pool, I guess. Um that's not an expression. Uh, <laughs> but the uh from people I played, so people who who like it a lot, the things they like about it, um, that quiet kind of contemplative part of it, it makes me think of like um like parts of games that uh, just don't work on me, and it doesn't mean they're objectively bad, but like it's very hard for me to embrace the boring part of a game. Like mm. if there's a thing, and I say that uh, boring not as a der- like a derogatory term for it. Like I know a lot of people are just like it's like when people talk about liking the grind in JRPGs, like they want to do something mindless and just sit down and stuff. And I never want that. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 you know that's the worst to me. And like that's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. Feels yeah. like I haven't played it. That's what it looks like reading about it is like. Oh, like mining is really, really tedious. Um, mm. You go around and you zap rocks, and it's really <laughs> tedious. and you have a very small inventory space, so it takes a long time to like everything. I read about that sounds like oh, like there's probably a person who likes this loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were talking about um, Starflight, which you spend a lot of time mining in as well, uh, but it's zippy, like it's really abstracted and fast. Yeah. You know, you don't have to actually get to the places because you know you're watching it from a god's eye view, and it happens really fast. You know, like that's, that's more, I can get into that kind of loop. It just has to be quicker for me. Yeah. You know? 
and what I, what I would say based on my experience in playing it again, tolerance, you know, tolerances are different. Like I'm not crazy about like sitting down and like, okay, here's a bunch of plutonium crystals, which that's crazy. Plutonium isn't a crystal. As far as I know, here's a bunch of plutonium crystals. I'm going to get rid of all of them. It's like, I'm going to like zap this until I can see that I roughly have what I need and then move along. It's mm-hmm. not like strip mining, clear cutting. Like you can just kind of like be a swooper with it. And because of that limited that limited thing, it's kind of like you're messing with your ratio of exploration to resource exhaustion. Yeah. Um, and like, that's fine. And also, you know, each planet is big enough that it doesn't make any sense to try and explore all of it. So what I end oh, up yeah. doing, yeah, and what I end up doing is like, okay, I will do like low passes and do like a scan. And then if there's like a point of interest, I'll just go land on it. And so like, that is a way to like, you know, basically explore this place and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm done with green, green sky, red rock planet. So let me go on to blue sky, purple rock planets you yeah, know, and see that. So like, it, and, and it tells you how many animals you've seen out of it. Like it doesn't read as tedious to me, at least, at least, you know, insofar as it will, you know, kind of trigger that response from me, at least yet. That is not an infinitely, an infinitely long candle, it's going to burn out. You know, I'm going to decide this, the second I start seeing the pattern and what it's showing me, um, seeing the, seeing the pattern out, pattern out of the noise, I'm going to tune it out. But, um, as of right now, it still, still works. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what, where you land on it. And if it ever gets down to like, I mean, not, not starting the whole price debate on indie games can't be $60, but if it gets down to a price, I'm willing to pay for it. I almost said mm-hmm. a reasonable price, but it's, it's probably <laughs> a reasonable price for people who made a fake universe. Like, yeah. Um, but if it gets down to a price that I want to pay for it, I'll be curious as to what I think. Like, have mm-hmm. you seen any really cool monsters or has it been, because I've looked at a few galleries of stuff and like the ones that are kind of cool and alien are incomprehensible. Most of them just look like the like animals I've seen, but with different animal heads or different like wings or an extra arm or something like that. Like they yeah. feel real uh, scrambled yeah, it, it, yeah, it yeah, feels like um, like like mix mixed and match. Um, it almost yeah. feels like a like 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 a, like a spore creation. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. But that's not, that's a loaded word when discussing this game. Like, yeah. I just I, like that sucks to me. I yeah. I don't know. I, I hate that. It's been more interesting to see different kinds of plants, as as weird as that sounds. Um, what I notice about the animals that I find is not so much like the individual, um, the individual like pieces or like what they look like. It's more just the variability in size. You know, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the, this planet has, you know, non-aggressive tiny things that are running all over that I can harvest carbon from until the robot cops come after me. This one has, you know, like you, you crest, a, you crest a hill and you see like these things that are bigger than God, like marching across the horizon. Yes, they're big and goofy, but like, it's still like that variability. I'm like, can I get close to them? Can I identify them? All that kind of stuff. Like, it, like th- that has been the, uh, the, the interesting variable for me so far yeah. is, uh, is the size. And I can, I can see that. I guess when, when you're talking about seeing the strings, like I just feel like the first time I saw it, you know, a fish, but it has a bird's head on it. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, oh, that's the strings. Like you just took a bunch of animal parts that you could think of. Yeah. I'm in a scrambler and then just took something for the head slot, took something for the body slot. Like, I don't know. It, there's nothing in this game that's lazy, but it just, mm-hmm. it's where it feels like, oh, this is a randomly generated game. Yeah. And then I can play a game where there's an art director making aliens mm-hmm. and they can be incredible. You know, yeah. like enemy design in those games, like I mean Dark Souls, because <laughs> like you look at that and it's like, oh, these are really authored awesome things. Mm-hmm. That's the, the difference between something cool and authored to me mm-hmm. and something random which is limited because it's random. Yeah. And that's what I want 
in terms of like the really cool authored stuff that they could dole out yeah. at a regular interval. I think that like, you know, give me like 80% noise and 20% like, Hey, we, we made this cool so you could see it and we want to make sure you see it. Do you feel like the noise adds though? Like what if it, instead of that, what if it was not more, you, you know, plants than you could ever explore in your whole lifetime, but it was 90% cool and 10% noise, <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be better? I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, so I say noise, that's kind of like a loaded term there. I don't think that the, that the noise is, is inherently all bad. I think that the noise is just the possibility for something good to happen as yeah. opposed to, you know, just, I'm saying noise in like the, the, the signal. Yeah, like randomly generated things. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I don't know. Um, also I love a dog fighting game and um, I want to play until I at least get a ship that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. We should do wing commander for watch out fireball someday. Oh yeah, shit. Man, will we do Wing Commander or will we do uh, Tie Fighter? I, I would, I would way rather do Wing Commander. Um, okay. But when we could, I mean, we could Tie Fighter is good too. I just don't like Star Wars. <laughs> like Wing Commander has a story that I think is fun and goofy. Yeah. Uh, Tie Fighter has a story that I don't like that much. Yeah. But both of which would be good, or both very good mechanically. So. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Um, let's see here um greg writes in and this is a rather lengthy response so i'm going to uh, i'm I'm going to cut it down um asking about um 2d versus 3d games talking about hey the upcoming zelda game is the first 3d console zelda that i've really uh, looked forward to in a while um and kind of a conversation that he had with a friend and then saying like getting down to this question that he's asking um i'm not sure that i fully understand the reasons um, for uh, preferring the 2D version of something rather than the 3D one. Is there something about the move from 2D to 3D that makes it very difficult to enjoy if you started it from game one, or am I just suffering from old man get off my uh, from an old man get off my lawn mindset? So, like, um, is there something about 2, 2D games that go 3D that they categorically lose something in the process? Um, I think they lose a, a lot of density. Like, yep. if you look at, if you compare uh, Ocarina of Time to Link to the Past, um, like, the number of things you have to deal with at once, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the big reasons why I find Ocarina, like, pretty overrated is that, like, the combat system is not particularly deep or fun, but the game has its encounter design based as if it is. So you <laughs> do a lot of duels with, like, skeletons and stuff that are not, like, good fights. Uh, yep. We've spent a lot of time doing that um, because they've traded... Like, you can't have, like, a bunch of things on the screen in a 3D game and have mm-hmm. it work. You're, and that's, that would be bad design if they did that. You'd have things coming from angles you can't see because you don't have a sense of omniscience to your viewpoint. Yeah. Um, so density is a thing. Like, that's part of... It's, like, a difference between, like, arcade action and something that's a little bit slower. But the problem for me is that, like, a lot of times that little bit slowerness doesn't... Uh, doesn't accommodate... Like, it's not interesting or deep enough. Or at least it is when, in 3D Zelda games. Like, I love Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to do that for the show at some point too. Uh, but I don't love it because of the combat. No, no. And I, and I also don't love it because it's 3d. Um, <laughs> I think it would have been fine. Like everything that's good about it would be just as good in 2d. Right. Uh, to me. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that, um, it's just a problem with franchises more than anything. They take, they try and take the spirit and the trappings of it and then bring it into, into 3d. And I think that like, they compromise one in order to make another thing happen that probably isn't as fun. I think that what we see in a lot of like 3D games is they have to make boring spaces because they have to make spaces that might feasibly be plausible. Yeah, and they're so, big like, enough to move around in. Yeah, in yeah. Yep. And a camera has to move around too. So when you think of the minimum amount of space that can be in a room mm-hmm. um, in a 3D game, you have to accommodate for a camera as well. So it's like your character is 10 times as big. 
Yeah. He has this huge like trailer behind him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is something that, you know, like Mario has handled with a plum. I mean, you have like the weird little growing pains that they had when they invented the three platformer genre, um, mm-hmm. rock aside, you know, with, uh, um, with Super Mario 64 and then maybe a little bit of that with Super Mario Sunshine. But like after that with Galaxy and with uh, the 3D world games, it's like, okay, well, let's just, let's just throw plausibility of space out the window and design 3D spaces that actually feel, you know, that actually feel like we want a Mario game to feel like without yeah. having to be beholden to this kind of like arbitrary thing that we think people want you know it's it's a little bit like the like the spatial equivalent of like chasing after photorealism and graphics i think yeah yeah that's a good that's a good comparison i think the the thing too about uh the galaxy games which is like for me that's when the 3d marios came alive like i don't like the back half of mario 64 very much um because i think that the platforming uh the penalty for failure is really really high um Mm -hmm. and it is the camera in that game is not perfect like it's really good but it's very easy to miss a jump or not be able to judge a jump distance because of my perspective, um, as opposed to an omniscient second person kind of 2d thing. Um, Mm. but galaxy, the secret to galaxy is that it switches to effectively a 2d game, like pretty consistently, um, either 2d, like you're above it. Like it turns into like an overhead, like a Zelda three thing, or (laughs) it turns into a side scrolling game with a limited, uh, Z axis. Um, it does that a lot and that it goes even further in galaxy two and even further than that. Uh, with the uh, the 3D, you know, the latest Wii U, Cat Mario game, and stuff like that. Like, it becomes more and more not about having just a big open world. Yeah. You know, and just a really controlled, again, authored uh, experience <laughs> with the camera. Like, if, yeah. you know, if I'm jumping from these platforms that change color every time I jump, uh, you know, seeing that from a fixed camera angle above may <laughs> as well not even be 3D, you know, <laughs> uh, for, for all... I mean, it is 3D, but it doesn't... It's not about having... Yeah, it's you know, it's three D in that they have the that they have the ability and the option to move the viewpoint and to choose the best viewpoint to serve. Yeah, to serve what they're trying to get you to do. I think that that is that that's actually a really huge misstep in the move to three D. Like for so long, for basically two decades, um, in games like this, we had a camera that put your character at the center of the view um, mm-hmm. at all times. And made the character the focus of it as opposed to making the space the focus of yes. it. What my character is doing, like, okay, fine, great. That's okay, but, like, that doesn't mean anything if I don't know what the space around this looks like. You know, setting the camera to actually reflect what you're, you know, what is expected of you is is something that you need. And I think that that's something where, like, you know, the it took them a couple of tries, but, like, Prince of Persia adapted to 3D really, really well. With uh, with Sands of Time specifically because they 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 knew how to handle the camera, um, and show you, um, which you know what what was expected of you, right? And even to though, like that like that game, I think that game's a really good three D game, but it does not. And I like that game. It doesn't feel like Prince of Persia though. It doesn't feel like an adaptation. And I think that's part of why it's good. Like if they had yep. actually tried to adapt a cinematic platformer out of this world style game to three D, uh, I don't think that would be very good. No, I mean, we saw that. Like, there was a straight-up 3D uh, remake um, on Xbox Live yeah. Arcade, and that was terrible. Yeah. Um, and, like, Prince of Persia uh, 2000 or whatever that was, like, that was an interesting failure, but not, you know, not really worth playing. 
So I think I think it is uh, a part of it is adaptation and expecting something old. Also, in that early, uh, just a real quick m mention of uh, in the early days of 3D, one of the things that bummed me out about the Nintendo 64 versions of my favorite franchises is how simple everything looks. Like yep. compare like the really super beautiful detailed sprites to like the big blank bland hills and walls in yeah. you know Ocarina of Time and Mario 64. Like it's colorful, yep. but there's no texture to anything. Uh, because there couldn't be, and there's so much space between everything. It just felt like a big empty flatness mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I never really liked yeah. uh, that much. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think you're just being an old man. I think that there's uh, there's something to that. There is a difference, whether it's an, it's not an objective difference. You know, other people can prefer one or the other, but there is actually a difference, and it's fine to prefer one. Yeah. 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 Oh, and for some reason, it switched from reverse chronological to chronological. This oh. is madness, Gary. Yeah, I don't does. understand what's happening. Uh, let's see here. Pat writes, uh, what are your thoughts on Nintendo's heavy-handed response uh, to fan games as opposed to Sega post-Streets of Rage? I think it's bad. Um, I, yeah, I think it's pretty bad. Um, I think yeah. that Nintendo's pretty bad about um, fan stuff in general. I think that they haven't quite sorted out um, the fact that stream streamers are incredibly important to mm -hmm. spreading the word about a game. I think that that is, that is a decision that will very slowly poison them over time. Um, but like fan games in general, I understand the need to uh, the need to protect your trademark because like that is just the way that the law works. But um, you know, heavy handedness, like there's a good way to handle it that, you know, honors the work that people do. Um, and there's a bad way. But then again, I don't follow this stuff because I, I never get my hopes up. As soon as I see that there's a fan project in the works, I'm like, count down to a cease and desist. And, and a lot of them just die just because they were going to die anyway. Like, yeah. they'll kill themselves you know, without Nintendo killing them. Like, yeah. um, the silly thing for me, I think, with the fan project, I mean, the streamer thing is such an obvious... There's, there's just one answer to that and that they should be less <laughs> shitty about it. Like, that's a cut and dry issue. Um, the fan project thing, um, I personally don't think that they're going to impact uh, the their sales very much of mm -hmm. something. Like, I think about the kind of person who wants to play uh, Pokemon Uranium. Um, that's like a Pokemon super fan, right? Yep. Like, the uh, the I, I disagree, Ryan Tinton. Well, I'll talk about it, but you, it's okay if you disagree. Um, <laughs> like, the person who wants to play that is going to be like a Pokemon crazy fan. Yeah. Like that $30 is not so important to that person that they're not salivating for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Right. Like salivating for it. Uh, and at this point, it's taking it down doesn't do anything. Like if you want it, you can get it. At this, Nintendo just made a choice. Like there's no putting the sausage back in the, the grinder and getting pig. <laughs> the game exists. I've That's never heard it that way before. I've heard you can't unscramble an egg. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't put the, to the toothpaste back in the tube. I've never heard a sausage-based version of that aphorism. You can't. You cannot fake sausage back into a pig. So <laughs> if you want to get Pokemon Uranium, you can get it. You can Google it and get it. Guarantee it. So at that point, the decision that Nintendo has to make has changed. Uh, it is no longer, can we stop this from happening? Because no, you can't. And <laughs> they should give up on that idea of that power because they cannot do it. Yeah. Uh, it's just how big of a dick do we want to seem like for this thing that is already out there? Yeah. You know, and like, I think just being like, oh, this is like, hey, look at this cool thing people did would earn mm. enough goodwill to be, to counteract the minuscule amount of lost sales you would get from the really, really rare edge case of somebody who's like, oh, I'm not going to buy Sun and Moon. I'm going to buy mm -hmm. Uranium. Yeah. 
you know? I mean, and also like there's nothing stopping uh, those same developers from rebranding and saying, hey, this is the same game, but instead of pocket monsters, it's pouch demons. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, it's it, you know, it's it's just different enough to be not legally actionable. You know, I think that the the problem is actually IP law, you know, like yeah. You know, when I say, oh, they've got to protect it, that's not just because, like, you know, of lost sales. Under U.S. trademark law, if right. you don't make every effort to protect it, it you, the, the... you lose it. Yeah. And, like, I get that, too. It's just kind of... Uh... So that's why that's not cut and dry. Like, the streaming yeah. thing is 100% cut and dry. The Nintendo thing is not, or the fan project thing is not. It seems to me like it's, you know, when the person who asked the question contrasted it with Sega, mm-hmm. uh, Sega doesn't do that. Like they're have obviously looked at the same information as far as protecting their IP and decided, no, this is probably okay. Yeah. And it's pretty neat. You know, like <laughs> Sega has allowed the Sonic Dreams to collection to exist. So. Yeah, that's I feel like that's great. I don't know. I just feel like that attitude is better. Mm-hmm. Uh you know. So you know. And then and that also gets into like the question of like who does this really belong to? Like you know, to yeah. to use an example that you that, that you I'm, obviously it belongs to whoever owns the IP, but like once it once it gets out there and once it becomes there, like do, you know, do, do the fans own some kind of stake in this, like from a cultural side of you know side of things? Right. Yeah. And and further, it's also like it's not to me the interesting question is not always in these situations whether they have the right to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always feel like that muddies things up whenever anyone's like, oh, it was legal for them to do it. They own it. They have the right. And the question is not like whether they have the right to do it. They did it. They obviously have the right to do it. It's whether they should have done it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not know, whether they have the right to do it. It's whether it was right to do it. Yeah, exactly. So the conversation of no conversations end at whether something is legal or not, <laughs> you know, like if that's your entire metric for judging an action as being worth doing, uh, you've got a real problem. You know, like that, that's that you are a weird robo human. Yeah, you're yeah. you're one step away from being like you have you have smoked pot once in your life, so therefore you're not valid as a human. It, it always reminds me of the people like when you and this is I've we talked about this on Abject Suffering, I'm sure, but barely legal pornography, <laughs> or when somebody is like, um, like man, like look at her ID, dude. She's actually 18 if you look at her ID. And it's like no, she looks like a 14 year old. That should be <laughs> not the, like the piece of paper thing that gets you by on a technicality. Like, yes, it's legal. Why are you attracted to a 14 year old though? You know, like, and it doesn't end the discussion because her ID says 18, you know, it's, it's a spirit versus letter. You know, we're getting into a, like a broader philosophical conversation about the difference between legality and ethics, but it it stands. It's important to this. Yeah. Um, Michael asks, when you guys are thinking of new types of content, ideas for shows, live streams, blogs, etc., uh, what are some places that you draw inspiration from? Uh, what brainstorming tricks work best for you? Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is the same for you, um, and this is not. I'm not saying it to be like to be anything negative, I guess, because I don't know what the word would be. But I've never had to sit down and brainstorm like new show ideas. No, like, we no. just have new show ideas, and it's just like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? Yeah, and those, um, they'll just either come from other like we're talking, or they just come from nothing. Yeah, the, the best. Yeah, very. This is the case in like for pretty much everything. Like this is this is how I've gotten by at work. Like the best brainstorming tool is just talking with somebody, making a joke about, hey, wouldn't it be funny if, or wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah. I'm like, well, actually, yeah. You know, the only thing stopping us is like, do we do it or not? Like right. that's that's where the majority of our stuff has come from. You know, and like. Yeah. 
for blog posts, like I'm a little bit out of ideas for those, you know, it's just a matter of like, does anything new come up? Is there any new information? But like all of that arises from, you know, conversations as well. You know, it's just, yeah, talking it out, you know, for somebody who really would rather keep to himself, I get a lot of mileage out of, you know, talking things through with people. Yeah. And we've, and we've had a couple of like explicit, like, let's try to come up with ideas for like goals or rewards or things like that that mm-hmm. have been retooled um, and stuff. But you'll note that like when we kind of did the last big uh, Patreon restructure, all those rolled into shows, which were things we already had ideas for. Yeah. So like it made, it was like killing two birds with one stone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we hate birds. <laughs> yeah. Speak for yourself. Yeah, it was, it was good to kill them efficiently and quickly as possible before, um, before they could spread their illness. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, so it is, uh, it has not been, it's never been like a hard thing for, for me to do that. Um, and like yeah. talking and then just also the idea fairy, you know, like yep. waking up and being like, Oh, this would be cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And then it's just a matter of like, if, if some, if it affects somebody else bouncing it off of them and saying like, Hey, am I, yeah, am I right about this or wrong about it? Yeah. yeah it's like, even, yeah. If it doesn't uh, affect them, just being like, you know, <laughs> it's super important to ask somebody if, uh, you know, if something is a good idea, everyone should ask somebody they know and be like, is this stupid? Yep. Uh, and say the thing. <laughs> yep. And sometimes the answer you're looking oh. for is yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause you know, I guarantee you don't actually know. You know <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Uh, but yeah, t- talking stuff through is, uh, is, is the way that it happens. That's, that's how we arrived at monster in my podcast. That's how we arrive at pretty much everything <laughs> is even if we weren't talking with each other, like specifically about stuff on the network, it's talking with somebody else and getting the idea from there. Would somebody who hates birds have this, this, <laughs> this duck with an eye patch? That's uh, a pretty cool duck, Gary. Thanks. I, I do not hate birds, even though um, in Call of Cthulhu last night in game night, uh, there was like an evil black chicken kind of situation. <laughs> and uh, one of the players tried to like break its neck. Uh, oh, yeah. But failed the role, so I had him do the like boss execution thing, <laughs> like the like oh it's not dead, like it's you know you heard it, uh, <laughs> but do the right thing. He, he uh, intentionally <laughs> didn't wet the sponge on the bird's electric chair. Exactly, it was ex- exactly that. Like it just went on forever. Like he was a doll axe, you know. <laughs> oh. So. oh man. I had something I was going to bring up, but I forgot what it was. Oh, oh no, I, I, here, here's what it is. Speaking of Lovecraft and birds, um, I was driving home today and I heard something on a podcast and I thought, how, how ironic is it that the, uh, that the, the, the collection of Lovecraft short stories that I own was mm-hmm. published by Penguin. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny. Eric is asking for a backer blog about snacks. I don't, I don't know what you, whether you want that, like, <laughs> boy almonds sure are good yeah <laughs> it's very boring yep almonds um, and whiskey. <laughs> oh, man. uh let's hear speaking of eric have you guys yeah. ever <laughs> have you guys ever initially vetoed a game for waff or abject suffering um but then put it back into consideration maybe even release an episode on it if so what made you go back to it that's a good question yeah um, we initially, uh, at one point very early on in Abject Suffering, we rolled up uh, Bad Mojo, but we were not able to, uh, to play it. And when mm-hmm. episode 50 rolled around, that was right around the time that um, the remaster came out. And so that was oh, when yeah. it was rolled out for technical reasons um, that we ultimately came back to. But I think, like, I don't know, 
have we done it yet? And are we likely to do it? Like, I can't ever imagine getting you to play Chrono Cross. Yeah, I can, I mean, and also that's like aggressive to my my genetics too. You're right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So let's so like take that. Um, a game that I like less, but is similar has similarly been vetoed from consideration as like Shenmue. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shenmue might end up like that would make a sense. I I feel like that would be part of. I mean, to to get to the to get to the heart of the question, uh, <laughs> you have to look at like why we veto things when it's not technical reasons. Yep. And a big reason uh, that things get vetoed um, is we don't like them. You know, yep. so like one of us doesn't like the game. And for it to come back onto the list, uh, we have to either be like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to take all haters. You know, <laughs> which is like, that's kind of like, we don't generally do that. Like, or like something would happen to make one of us like the game without, or be more willing to play the game and be positive towards it without having played it again. Right. Yeah. So like for me to kind of come around on Shenmue, which is not a game I hate. I just think that like other games have done stuff better. Yeah. Uh, like I, I would much rather do like Yakuza than. And I would be down with that. Like I, I could, we could do Yakuza. Um, I've never played those games, but I'm curious about them. Either. Uh, I like I'm super curious as well, but like yeah. Yakuza seems like the more, the, the, like the more modern era. Parent. Yeah. Yeah. It would feel like less dated. So like the thing, if you know, Shenmue or, or for Chrono Cross for that to come back, um, mm-hmm. other than my eyes just having to be fixed, like I would have to be like one, be like ideal. I, I feel like saying, I don't like this, having kind of a contentious episode with you and dealing with like a lot of people yelling at me about not liking it mm-hmm. or B, I would just, something would just kind of have to happen for me to be into it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what that, when that would, how that would happen without me playing it again. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, I guess I could read something that was like, oh, you know, maybe that's better than I thought, but it's something I've played before. Like, it's pretty rare that we veto things we've never played before. Right. Uh, I think that happens sometimes, but it's pretty rare. Like, usually it's something that we've played and we're just like, I didn't don't really yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if it's something we haven't played before, it's like, oh, I have like negative interest in that. Like, it just, yeah. uh, like, even just like the, like the Wikipedia article about it doesn't, doesn't press any of my buttons. Yeah. Like, like, a, like an example of that would be, um, or something that we have played before or like a vetoed thing. So a good, good action example of this is we were uh, tossing around games to do for Portland for the live thing. And like a game that would make sense for all the factors for that. And we talked about real briefly and you vetoed. And I also was not super into, but it would be like ghost and goblins or super ghouls and ghosts. Yeah. Or one of those, um, because it's like, Oh, it's a really hard platformer. It's important. Historically, it's short enough to cover. However, like we don't like it that much. Like it's just not. Uh, and what w- what would change that? Uh, not a lot, you know. Um, we also don't wheedle each other about stuff uh, very no. much. So, like you don't. This is the second time you brought up Chrono Cross. Like in the entirety of, or maybe not. That that might be an exaggeration. But it's uh, it's not like every year you're like, come on, man, come on. No, because we don't, don't want to bully it. each other into <laughs> a commitment like that. Yeah, I mean, especially if you already know you, that you uh, that you don't like it. If it was something that was that that I thought was really good and you hadn't tried, mm-hmm. like that would be a different story, you know. But like, there's Which nothing the to be gained from us antagonizing each other about things we like or don't like. No, we had to work in the lead up. Yeah, yeah. Like the um, that's like the reason why at some point, like we will do a Mass Effect game. Yeah, you know, which is like something that you're like way, way into and I'm less into, but like, I haven't played the second one. I have never beaten the first one. Like you can probably convince me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whereas something like Chrono Cross where like I've played it and had a really hard time with it, uh, is probably just never going to happen for the show. Yeah. Chrono Trigger will at some point. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Point, you know, but like Chrono Cross now, 
Yeah. Uh, and if we do, if we do Chrono Trigger, I will stream Chrono Cross. There we How go. That? Yeah. And that's, that's the nice thing about the ancillary stuff is we have other ways to cover some things mm-hmm. like that, you know? So like we can probably, you know, get a version of Chrono Cross somewhere on the network somehow. You know, or like if you convince other people who are not me to do it, you could do like a special level on it, you know? Yeah. I'd do like an hour long talk about it on the level if like you just really wanted to talk Chrono Cross. Yep. You know, like there's a way to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, just if I got, you know, like that, that's the nice thing about owning this platform or these platforms is, you know, if we get a B in our bonnet, we can find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Like it's just, it's no big deal. And so, like, kind of again, back to the way, like, oh, those ideas, you know, if it's going to affect somebody, you talk it through and see if it's going to go. But, like, you know, like that, that is pro, like, preference is probably the most realistic reason and, you know, frequent reason that we either veto things explicitly or implicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the only game that I have, like, taken off of a list is that neo Nazi first person shooter, Zog's Nightmare from uh, yeah. Epic Suffering, because that would just make me sad. Also, uh, Custer's Revenge. There's the other yeah. one, but those do yeah. not make it in. Like, porn, so, porn games. Yeah, porn, porn games and uh, um, explicitly racist, hateful things. It's, we- it's weird to be in a situation where, uh, for the show, we uh, have to play games that we don't want to play sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and minimizing that is good, especially if they're yeah. long, like, arduous RPGs, too. Like, <laughs> playing a half hour of... Uh, you know, of a game for Epic Suffering, or like we just did Toe and Earl, which I had no fun with, but it was, you know, three and a half hours is mm-hmm. different than saying like, here, play 30 hours of Chrono Trigger or play 25 hours of Shenmue, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is just, it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger ask. Yeah. You know? Yep. So all that gets factored yeah. in. Yeah. And I'm sure these are all examples of things I don't like. I'm sure there are examples of things you don't like too. I feel bad now. This is making me seem really pussy. <laughs> Uh, no, which, no, I just, yeah. I, you know, I can't come up with any examples on, yeah. honestly, off the top of my I'm head. I'm sure some things have happened. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I've been like, let's do this, and you're like, I don't particularly like that game. And it's like, yeah, okay. it's, yeah. it's more out of aggressive indifference than like active antagonism. Yeah. You know, the word is kind of like, ah, oh, there's probably stuff I'd rather put in front of that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like, it's not a veto. It's just like a soft not today. Yeah. 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 There's um, also like a weird, sorry to keep bringing this up, but like, um, there's a weird meta factor too when we cover something there's an opportunity cost of not covering something similar to it for a long time right yeah so if there's something that we do like like let's say we did do Shenmue then it wouldn't make sense for us to do Yakuza for a very long time you know mm-hmm. because we did Fantasy Star 4 like the most absolutely in a year of JRPGs we're going to do is two and probably one like one and a half you know yeah. um, so like doing that means we probably won't do another one for a while so there is like that weird opportunity cost to choosing games too yeah and that's why i'm i'm fond of kind of like having those tentpole um kind of things you know mm-hmm. the, the, the the spring and fall survival horror games kind of chief among them the winter western rpg where it's like okay we we know what this slot is going to be and so it's just a matter of talking it through and yeah. usually we're we're in some level of agreement about what should fall there. You and know, choosing the thing that goes there means nothing else. Any of the runner ups won't happen for a year, and that just has right. to be okay. Yep. You know? And you know, like just the the fact that we know that that's going to be the case makes it much easier to have a conversation about it mm-hmm. and to like weigh the math and uh, you know mm-hmm. and understands the implication of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a there, there's kind of a, a knock on follow up question to that, which is Eric writes when choosing games for WAP, what makes you decide not to do something? I'm sorry that we didn't like I didn't bring that up at, at, like in a in a group there. 
Um, but um, I feel like we covered a lot of that. Is there any like final final thoughts that we have about like what makes us decide not to not to do something? Um, I think the two big ones are: are we going to enjoy playing it, and also do we feel like there is enough to say about it? Yeah, like length either way. So length too short, like there's not to say about it. Length too long um, is the reason why we haven't done a Persona game yet, even though I think we both like them. Uh, yep. But they're 80 hours long. Like those games are, even if I like them, I wish they were half as long as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so length in either direction. And then density too. Um, you know, whether there's like, even if the game is kind of long, is there enough stuff to say about it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that we are very cautious about calling our shots with genres that we don't have a lot of expertise or history with, Mm -hmm. you know, like it makes sense. It made sense to do a fighting game for a live show for a bunch of reasons. Um, not least of which was that limited live kind of, uh, um, (laughs) <laughs> uh, format made it so that we could more easily just be tourists who were focused on being entertaining as opposed to informative. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we would want to do like four episodes in a row where we didn't know what was going on. Cause then yeah. it's like, then we just become idiots who don't know what we're doing. I mean, more so. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm going to refresh this and make sure we're just about out of, um, uh, the priority responses, and we have about probably 15 minutes left, give or take. Um, mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to throw in, uh, we're going to go over to the regular comments. But uh, but Mike writes, um, how long until you guys run out of ways to randomly select bad games during the abject suffering intros? Also, how much of those, how many of those intros are scripted versus ad libs? Boy, oh boy, are you going to be excited to hear that the emperor has no clothes and the uh, wizard is an old man? Yeah, the the uh, the answer to the first question is negative fifty. Yep. And the answer it's the, become uh, like increasingly Byzantine ways to reveal something as opposed to actually randomize it. Yeah. Um. So so we ran out of those a very long time ago, like maybe yep. negative seventy five, and then they're all just made up. Oh yeah, like it's it's literally like we will we will sit down. Sometimes we'll, we will have thought of something that day ahead of time, um. But oftentimes it might be like in the space in between individual episodes, like one of us will say like, Oh, I've got something you start me out. And then yeah. we, and then we read into it. Yeah. So yeah, no, no scripting involved. <laughs> there's, there's so little preparation involved in that show at all, which is why it's fun. Yeah. Uh, if, there, if there's more than 90 minutes of homework for that show every three weeks, uh, <laughs> then it would be, it would cease to be as fun and it would come off differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just lazy. We don't want to talk about the game. We, we don't want to do the research. Yeah. Yeah, the research on Warlock. <laughs> oh man, people people like that episode. Like enough people have said nice things about it that I want to go back and listen to it, which I almost never do. Yeah, out of all the shows we do, I think that is the one that I, I have the most fun. If I I never go back and listen to anything either, but I will. <laughs> excuse me. Bless you. <clears throat> we'll sometimes go back and listen to that or the pitch. I think are pretty fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's because they're not prepared. They're just made up. So like you can kind of surprise yourself twice. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> And uh, abject suffering is also the, the primary source of like, wait, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like on Twitter or something like that, you'll get an on t- out of context quote. Yeah. And be like, I don't remember saying that. Well, I'm sure <laughs> that happened, but I, d- I definitely have no memory of that. Yeah. So uh, let's see here from the Q and a widget. We have Eric who writes, um, Gary, what gave you the idea to start pickling apples? Yeah, what's the deal uh, with this? Eric's been raving about your pickled apples. Thanks, Eric. Uh, mm-hmm. I joined a CSA for a couple weeks. Um, I fell off of it when we traveled to Austin, but um, I didn't want anything to go to waste. 
So I was looking uh, for something. Explain what a CSA is. Uh, community supported agriculture. So like okay. a big box of vegetables that you get from local farms. Nice. Um, they're pretty cool. Uh, so I got that. I didn't want to have anything go to waste. So I was looking for something to do with charred stems. Um, saw that you could pickle them. Um, and then on that same website, uh, they had a bunch of other like unusual pickleable things <laughs> and brought up apples. And uh, yeah, and charred stems are really good too. Pickled. They have the same texture as celery when they're pickled. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, they, yeah, they just taste, uh, taste like good like, like softens the fiber in it. Yeah, yeah, it makes them edible, like in a way that they aren't <laughs> particularly like edible as per normal. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was like, like a, is, it, is a pickled apple like sweet and sour kind of tasting? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really, yeah, it's really tart. It's like a tart, like it kind of tastes like, uh, like a tart apple pie bite, like yeah. harder than, than sweeter, but. It's it's obviously um, uh, softer than like a fresh yeah. apple is. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're not they're not super. They they some some vegetables get kind of crisper as well. I get like a little bit of a snap, like the same way, like because like cucumber gets snappier as a pickle, right? As uh, ordinarily, but yeah, they're good. Um, and like quick pickling, like fridge pickling, uh, I I almost said life changing, which is not the case, but I <laughs> will probably always have a batch of them going because it's a really good snack. Uh, they're good for you, and they keep for a while, and they're really easy. So nice. Oh. Yeah. If you well, like that's pickle, cool. you're good for your digestive system. <laughs> yep. Just, yeah. uh, I mean, is that just the vinegar or is that one? Yeah. I mean, I think real pickles are because they're fermented. These are not, I think that's, yeah. I don't know if they're actually good for your digestive system, but they taste good. Yeah. So nice. Hmm? Uh, let's see here. Zane writes, what are some of your favorite cartoons? Hmm. What do you got? Cool. I mean, I've got that usual litany. Like, so let's roll out something like The Simpsons, because um, mm -hmm. that that I think extends beyond beyond that. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, like late '90s era adult cartoon, <laughs> um, sometimes featured on Fox, like uh, uh, King of the Hill. I mm -hmm. think is is a wonderful cartoon that absolutely didn't need to be a cartoon, but it gained something from being that. Um, th that's weird because like, Hey, what is your favorite of this medium? Um, yeah, that's tough. Like I would almost have to like cut it down into, uh, you'd, you'd almost have to cut that down into, um, like categories, like ostensibly for kids, cartoon cartoon, when you were growing up, classic era cartoon, like, yeah. Stuff. Like, do you have an immediate answer? Like off the cuff? Um, like Simpsons is, is my actual favorite on technicality. Yeah. Um, but then the, uh, like I love the Venture Brothers, um, like that show does it for yeah. me in a big bad way. Yeah, uh, that's probably my answer. Other than the Simpsons. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So. so yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think it, those are there are other things I like though. Like there's tons of cartoons I like. Like oh, I yeah. like uh, you know I like Rick and Morty. I like um, I watched a lot of C Lab back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah. I like the the, the early two thousands, like uh, uh, William Street. Um, yeah, Cartoon Network stuff is uh, fantastic. It's really good, yeah. Um, Space Ghost, if you can consider that a cartoon. Space Ghost yeah. is really special. Um, yeah. yeah. Now we're just listing cartoons that we like. <laughs> yeah. Those are some of our favorites. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Adventure Time. Um, that Adventure feels like, time a very, is... like a very obvious kind of answer. Yeah, do you see that, that Ask FM thing I had that was like, of course you like Adventure Time because only somebody with your shitty opinions would like a cartoon that's so in love with the smell of its own farts. I don't. I don't understand. What the fuck does that mean? 
What Why is, is your Ask FM popping off in that way? I like, don't know. It, it, like, it, just like, I get stressed out thinking about your Ask FM. <laughs> like, it's, publicize it? I, I, like, I don't get it. I haven't, I haven't like brought it up in a while, but every once in a while, someone will just be like, and I can't remember what we, like somebody asked if I liked Adventure Time and I was like, yes. And then like three days later, someone's like, of course you fucking like Adventure Time. And I was like, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like if it's, if it's a cartoon that's like, you know, a, I have to be, I have to be uh, political about this. If it was a cartoon that a certain kind of person associates with like a Tumblr fandom. Um, oh, sure. Like, like if you were like, Oh, you know, Steven universe is okay. Or gravity falls is okay. Somebody would come like rampaging in. They would Kramer in with some kind of like shitty recrimination that you're, uh, you know, like I knew it all along. You're a traitor. Yeah. You fandoms. Know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very strange. I had no idea that like liking Adventure Time in any universe would be a hallmark of bad taste. Mm, yeah, neither did I. You know, that's that's very surprising news to me. So, yeah, but you know, yeah. but somebody somebody hurt him real bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> who hurt uh, you? Like, <laughs> yeah, who hurt you? What, what is the reason for this? Like, I, I saw um, there's a there's a Game of Thrones podcast I used to listen to, and there's a writer for Vanity Fair named Joanna Robinson. Uh, who is a good Twitter person who I follow. And that's like her stock response when somebody does something like that is just, honey, who hurt, who hurt you? And yeah. I've just been doing that to people. Like, honey, who hurt you? <laughs> uh, we, like, I've been doing it to responses to the Retronauts Facebook thing too, Facebook page, when people you know, freak out about Bob doing something. And it's like, somebody hurt you bad. You know? <laughs> somebody hurt you. That's sad. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's tricky. I do, yeah, I just I don't understand your ask FM whatsoever. I, I mean, mostly it's lots of nice questions too, but yeah, you know, I think I mean, what, it's just because I I answer, so people yeah. just want you know to be engaged with, even when they're just being jerks. Yeah, so it's just on me. Um, Michael writes: um, Is it better to live as a game facts poster or die a crick? I, I I saw that in the lead up to this. I'm glad it got a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, only one person could die a crick. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a whole family of cricks. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's the whole thing. I assumed, that's like a, whole joke. I assumed it was like a Kerwin kind of thing, and it was just the same wizard passing his personality down to his kid. Oh yeah, over and yeah. over. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I I would like to think that one day I could marry into the crick family. I hope um, so. Hopefully, both of them ask Marion. <laughs> two weddings and two funerals. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the reality show, uh, Crick Wives, uh, <laughs> that will be on. Like, they're called Crick Wives. <laughs> um, I, I don't think you can pickle sorghum, honey. Try. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, die a crick. Uh, I was yeah. thinking, like, right now I'm living as a GameFAQs poster. I'm sure, uh, I know for a fact that I had an account at some point, and I, like, I posted a message board about something I was really enthusiastic about when I was 13. Um, and so like I'm living as one now and like, it's okay, but I'm not crazy about it. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love both. Like I would you love, love to be able to live as a game facts poster, but ultimately die at like re re crick on my deathbed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, everybody just treats crick like it's an insurance policy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that, it's, it's all because of Crickman's gambit. Like, if if the sorghum farm is true, it makes sense to be a crick, you know, because you have everything <laughs> to gain. If it's not true, yeah. you have nothing to lose. 
Yeah, it's it's called uh, it's called Crick's wager. Although, yeah, Crick's wager. You know, if, if you consider that Crick knows what's in your heart and that you made that calculation and can judge your sincerity, um, I, I love I love the actual thing. I that's why when I said Crickman's fallacy, that I was thinking of uh, Pascal's wager. <laughs> you were thinking of you were thinking of Pickman's wager. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of those those paintings he got out by Han the Bon. Um, <laughs> I love the idea of Pascal's wager early recanting on your deathbed of just being like, gotcha. <laughs> again like that's down the technicality thing it's to the yeah. letter but not the exactly. spirit like, who are those people who just think that that's how the world works <laughs> not just the world the cosmos yeah exactly who thinks that they believe in the concept of a god enough to fear him and fear hell but don't give it enough credit to see through like their you know their trick they're like uh their trick that sounds like it came from the quick and the dead or maverick it's like a yeah. maverick style like goof. Yeah. It's it's like those assholes who think if you shoot a Muslim with a with a bullet coated in pork fat, they're gonna go to hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> just like do any kind of like research. Yeah. Research. It's just like yeah. Or just don't be a hateful piece of shit. Also, you know, like by doing that, you're actually like acknowledging that their thing is right and exists and as a force in the universe. Like, do you like do you understand <laughs> what you're saying when you do that? It's just it's such a weird priority thing to get to that like technicality before you actually like bypass all of the morality. And bypass yeah. all of the other things behind it. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 she's 18. Look, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, like technically. Yeah. <laughs> um, let us uh, do a lightning round on these. Okay. We've, got, we've got four more. Um, uh, <laughs> let me do an orb. Um, let's see here. Uh, Chris writes, where in Lordran is the best place to take a nap? Um, they thanks us for, for what we do, Gary. Oh, boy. Nowhere in Lordran. Oh, Lordran. Uh, not, uh, yeah. Um, not, not Drain Lake. Obviously, the uh, the crypt. You got people who are nap guardians. No, that's true. You're in Drain Lake. Like, that that, that would be my honest answer to this. Um, in uh, in, in uh, Lordran, I would say Twilight. Yeah, let's go Let's go Twilight and Rolando. Yeah, that would be very nice. Very empty, yeah. very sterile. Like, those bedrooms still exist. Yeah, Gwyn, Gwyn's tomb. Yeah. <laughs> um corbin writes have you played any mmos if so which ones uh very briefly city of heroes and that's and a little bit of the secret world and that's it for me yeah um everquest city of heroes world of world of warcraft mm-hmm. yeah um let's see here um busta dallas writes hey what did you guys think of metal gear solid 5 um with spoilers if you think it's been long enough um i don't know that it's been long enough um i like the play of metal gear solid 5 a lot um, I really wish that uh, the second half was anything substantial. Yeah, there never should have been that second half with the replay things. But like we talked about this, there were moments in where it was like the, my favorite game I was playing that year. Yeah. And then moments that get like drove me really crazy. And most of those are big story moments. Like mm-hmm. I could sit down and just clear bases for eternity in yeah. that game, especially once you've unlocked your full verb set. Like it's super fun. So I, yeah. I, I for one, I'm looking forward to my new Kojima-less Metal Gear future. <laughs> Of like just the mechanics from yeah. five, so yeah, or you know somebody who grew up as a fan of Kojima and would kind of like recreate um, what Metal Gear Solid One felt like, <laughs> mm. you know, yeah. Um, let's see here, and then uh, last question here we have Derek. Uh, he says, "Are there any recent movies you watched or that you are looking forward to?" Um, I, I like looking forward to is hard. There's nothing that like I can think of that's coming out yeah. very soon. The way um, that I've been operating is just never to look at what's coming out and then just be surprised. Um, mm. 
is good. I've gotten a lot of mileage out of uh, not anticipating things. Yeah. Like there's plenty of things I want to see. Like I want to go see Swiss Army Man and I want to go see uh, The Lobster, which I think is already on Netflix. So it's too late for that. Um, But, and then as far as just like long-term anticipation, like I will probably watch all of the Marvel cinematic movies. Yeah. I like those. And the last movie I went and saw was Ghostbusters, which was okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Fine. Yeah, fine. Um, this is a weird one, but um, I'm super ashamed that I slept on um, Captain America um, Winter Soldier for so long, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that it introduced Bucky um, to us and the scourge of what's happening with Bucky right now. Um, I really, really enjoyed that as like a really well put together action movie. I just don't watch as many movies as I ought to. I'm more of a more of a TV guy, I guess. Nowadays, I, I, yeah. this question. I, I don't watch tons of movies either. The um I oh I here's a I'll go see uh me and Braden have plans to go see the Extreme Sports Avengers, which is not the name of that movie, but that movie where Vin Diesel skis down a hill and Samuel Jackson like recruits a bunch of extreme sports guys to be <laughs> like, you know, make sure you save the world, but look cool doing it. Like have you seen the I don't know what that movie's called. Have you seen this trailer? The Expendable Avengers? No, I have not. It's, it's very similar to that. Like I, I will definitely go see that with Braden. Like that's a me and Braden movie. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a again like one of those things that you do as like an event, possibly yeah. while intoxicated. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> point, point break. break. It, it, is, it, is a, it is a new movie. But Samuel Jackson is in a very Nick Fury esque role. <laughs> He's assembling uh, assembling that stuff. Yeah. Uh, is it Triple X three? Maybe it could be Triple X three. It's it's really yeah. really hard to tell if they're <laughs> if they're it, joking it, or not. I think it is Triple X three. It looks oh, pretty wow. great though. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll have to go see Triple X one and two, but Yeah. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to grasp I'd be lost on the incredibly important plot. Wow. Huh. Wait, Triple yeah. X two was uh was State of the Union and that had Ice T in it, I think. I thought Triple X liked this person. Why is he punching him? I was, I just, I was <laughs> it, knowing the thing and just ask people next to me the questions like, why is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> You have to read some kind of like uh like beginner's guide on Verge. Like, here's your primer for the triple X universe. Yeah. And then once you read it, uh what's his head? Davies reveals that there actually is no triple X. It's all a thing he made up to try to get closer <laughs> into the mind of his friend. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah, so that is uh we're we're running up on time. Let me check to make sure that we do not have any more um priority questions that I am neglecting. Um, yeah, no, we don't. So cool. Thank you everybody for, uh, for, for writing in. Also, thank you for being understanding about us missing last month. Mm-hmm. Um, there were vacations and there were also, um, there were also, uh, like traveling for shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate, uh, that leni- that leniency that you've extended to us. That will happen every once in a while. Yep. Well, there might happen again in the fall. <laughs> um, just for yeah. around Portland. So, yep. Yep. Um, but, um, bone duck, or whatever Bone Dog says bye, Warb says oh, bye. Yeah. Everybody says bye. <laughs> bye. Good night. Good night. Cool. Take care.